0: entrepreneurship and being a musician, it's all about showing up imperfectly until you succeed.
1: Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path, or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life.
2: Right, welcome back to the wayfinder show with louie and adam adam man how you doing today
1: doing good man busy but it's a nice day here in denver and, and things are good how about you
2: doing all right you know went for a little run this morning weather's beautiful yeah. uh back to the way after a rough winter it's nice to finally have the good denver weather that we're used to you know like sun was out a little breezy just to keep you cool on the run it was it was perfect bro
1: yeah, yeah, great running weather this morning, for sure.
2: Yeah, so we got a really cool guest today. I can't wait to uh, to get into it, but why don't you tell us all about her?
1: Yeah, so today I'm excited as well. We Today we got Jenny Baird, and Jenny is an integrative life coach and a music coach, uh, which I, I really want to get into. So, Jenny, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thanks so much, Adam.
1: Yeah, so... I understand you had a career in church ministry, and then at some point you decided to move away from that to pursue a career in music. And I I selfishly am just really interested to hear exactly what that looked like, at least what the plan was and then how it's evolved maybe, and and let you just go from there if you're open to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so I'll back up just a little bit. I went to college for commercial music technology which is basically recording, songwriting, music industry stuff, right? Um, Very, you know, typical, very tortured teenager, like what am I supposed to do with my life, right? And I just knew that I loved singing and I loved songwriting. And you know, back in the uh, early 2000s, I heard some songwriters, some Christian songwriters at the time, and I was like, I could do that. I could write songs. So my whole goal from like 16 years old all the way through after college was like, I will be Taylor Swift. That was kind of my fault. <laughs> nice. Right? And goal. Like, yeah, so <laughs> as I went through college, I kind of got some advice from professors, like, yeah, probably not the best move is not to move to Nashville or LA or New York. Probably your best move is to, like, get a job and, like, try to make music happen on the side as you go. And so I spent several years doing, you know, working at Barnes & Noble, being a wedding photographer, a bunch of things. And eventually kind of fell into working for my church, which was an awesome job. I loved it. I started as a receptionist, and I think 10 years later, by the time I was done, I was like a manager of some sort. And you know, I loved my job because I felt like I was making a difference. But all of that decade, there was this thing inside of me that was like, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not doing music. You're not doing music. You're not doing music. And so even though there was different versions of music in my life, being on worship team, I still was writing songs. I released an album in 2012, right? So I was doing things independently, but, and even though I loved my job for a long time, at the end of the day, I think it was um, 2019. In 2019, I met this artist. He's actually um, from Baltimore. And I met this artist, Jay Jin, and he was an independent artist and he traveled the world just independently singing his songs for people in living rooms around the world. And I was like, I want that guy's life, you know? And this was almost 10 years into, I guess it was 10, 11 years into working in megachurch ministry. And so I met him. He, this, he has this incredible, inspiring story. He's a two-time cancer survivor, like left his whole life to go do music. And when I met him, I was just like, I have to do this with my life. It was just such confirmation to me watching the way that he interacted with people as a musician, as a songwriter. And so he kind of helped me set goals that year and like helped me to start dreaming again. Because through a myriad of circumstances, I had just taken on this idea that like, you know what? I am making a difference in church ministry. So like... I can just be happy with doing this version of making a difference. But my heart was like suffocating the whole time because I wasn't like fully committed to this thing that I felt like was burning in me, which was music and songwriting. So when I met Jay, he helped me kind of set goals that year and throughout the course of the year, as I really committed to these goals of the kind of person that I really wanted to embody and the person that I wanted to be while I was working on those goals, my job was getting heavier and heavier and more overtaking my life and more overtaking my life. And it started pushing out my goals. And it's funny because at the beginning of the year, you know, Jay really challenged me like you're super risk averse, set some big goals. Like the whole point of this is to challenge yourself. And so I went through this whole thing of like this, this feels scary to dream again and to set big goals, but I really landed on, no, these goals are like what I'm called to do, you know? Mm. And so when those things started getting pushed out, it was so easy for me to go, man, this job is like really pushing out the things that I feel most called to do. And that's not acceptable anymore. So in the summer of 2019, with much prayer and tears and torment, I told my boss that I like wanted to quit and I needed to like go do music. And so my honestly, at that point, I wasn't even thinking about being an entrepreneur. I was just like, I'm gonna go get a 40 hour a week job that's brainless because I have really high capacity so I could do a job that like pays me better than, you know, nonprofit work, <laughs> but also gives my brain freedom to be creative. So I actually ended up doing temp work because I was like, everybody wants to know where I want to be in five years. And I'm like, not working for you. <laughs> i <I'm> like, that's <laughs> not a great response to interview questions, right? Right. Yeah. And so I was I told the lady that was trying to help me get a new job. I was like, can you just put me in a temp position? Like, can I just temp for places so I can pay my bills and do my art on the side? Right. And eventually, like after a few months, I was like, this still isn't working. I'm still not doing music. And that that so this was November of 2019 that this happened when I realized, like, shoot, like it's now or never. I have to make this. I have to make this happen. Um, And so it's so funny because in November, I had decided to do a kind of an entrepreneur's retreat in January of 2020. And it was, I think the cost of the retreat was like 400 and some dollars. To me at the time, I was like, that's a lot of money. If I put that on a credit card and I can't pay that off, I had all this fear around money, right? but it was this huge decision to like take this risk. And I remember kind of like crying on the phone to my mom. I was like, if I can't even take this small risk of like $400, how am I ever going to do the big things I want to do with music? And so I made the down payment for the retreat and literally 30 seconds after I sent my money in, I walked into my kitchen and I was like, it's really cold in here. What's going on? And I had realized that my furnace was broken and I had to replace my furnace. And at that moment I was like, I'm never going to be ready. Cause up until that point, I was like, when I have more money in the bank and I can make sure I can fix things and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then I was like, I'm never going to be ready. I don't care if I don't have enough money in the bank to like fall back on. I'm doing this. So I like made my goal. February 1, 2020, when my final commitment to a temp job is done, I'm only doing music for a living. Mm. And, you know, to my credit, I had gigs lined up and had students lined up, and I was a live performing musician, and I was so excited, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a living doing this. Sure. And thankfully, I had all, all also hired a one-on-one coach to help me with my money mindset, because I quickly realized, like, I can totally scrape by and make a living, but I'm not going to, like... Not gonna thrive. So, anyways, you can imagine what happened, right? February 1, that was my <laughs> I'm only depending on music for a living. And then, you know, two months later, COVID happens, the shutdown happens, and all my income basically goes away completely. Um, and thankfully I had an amazing one-on-one coach, and he really helped me to like pivot and shift, and he started teaching me about how you build a business, how you be an entrepreneur how to add value first and like trust that you'll get paid eventually. So um, yeah, so during the pandemic uh, and the shutdown, I was doing a lot of live streams and it was just really cool to see how generous people were appreciating that I was showing up even when things were so hard and playing music for them. And then I also launched, um, I don't really do it anymore, but during the pandemic, I launched Online Rockstar Camp for Kids and it it was free at Mm -hmm. first. And it was just like, hey, like, let your kid log in and learn a little bit mu- about music and learn a lot about confidence. Because mm. as a performer for 20, 30 years, I was like, I know how to show up on stage and be confident. And I know how to help kids show up and think about being on stage in a way that makes them confident. And so that Rockstar Camp was really the thing that, like, kind of shifted things for me. Because even though I'm still like a songwriter and still a musician and I love performing myself Coaching kids and coaching people and watching them have a huge shift in their confidence. I was like, oh My gosh, I love helping people change their lives and so yeah over the course of 2020 as I built my music coaching business started getting kids teaching kids music teaching teenagers I love teaching teenagers and like coaching them to show up in their world differently I also started coaching women who would come to me and want to know how to sing better and what I found out was that you know our our voice is our is uh, when you sing your instrument is your body and so that's you know (laughs) wow and so as we as I would coach women I would help them like figure out, like, you can't hit that note because why? What's happening, right, in your mind? Because, you know, there's things I can do physically to help you, but as as we started getting into it, there was, like, anxiety and identity things happening and confidence things happening and mm-hmm. stories from when you're a kid and someone's like, you're the quiet one. You don't, you don't sing the loud parts, you're the quiet one. And those things, like, settle into your psyche and suddenly affect your singing. And so what I realized was happening was that as I was coaching them on their voices and on like hacking anxiety to show up differently on stage, their whole life was changing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love coaching. I love life coaching. Mm. This is what I want to do. <laughs> and, you know, I had a phenomenal one on one coach, Aaron Velke. He's a phenomenal coach. And watching him coach me and being coached by him. I was like picking up, how do you coach? How do you coach? How do you coach? And I started applying everything I saw him doing with my clients, Mm. like, wow, this is awesome. So that's kind of my story. That's how I got into um, life coaching and recently did a certification for coaching the unconscious mind, which really goes um, really deeper than coaching the conscious mind, right? Like coaching the conscious mind is about what are your limiting beliefs? How do you think new thoughts? And then coaching the unconscious mind really goes below all of that to like, you know, when you're nervous and showing up on stage and you're nervous, what does that feel like in your body? And there's just a bunch of cool neuroscience. Tricks sounds like too light, right? But like there's, there's just the way your brain works. I now have tools to like help people understand how their brains work and how you can literally change your brain on a like synaptic level and change the unconscious part of you so that even your conscious thoughts change without you even trying to change them because your unconscious mind has changed on such a like a deep level that it changes your life. And you know, it was a three months course and I feel like a different person Mm -hmm. just from coaching other people and using the tools on myself. Like my anxiety about money, it's basically non-existent. (laughs) which is so insane to me because that's been the biggest theme of the last three years of being an entrepreneur. Like what about money? What about money? And you probably see it, but I'm like rocking right now. Right. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's like where I've been and where I am at the moment. And it's, it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's very interesting. So obviously we want to dig way more into the coaching stuff, but just curious, are you still doing anything with music coaching as well? Or have you moved away from that completely for now?
0: Yeah, so actually, music coaching is still my main business. I'm oh, okay. um, yeah, so I kind of my story with coaching life coaching is like, as I started to realize life coaching is what I wanted to do. There was like a whole new set of confidence issues that came up for me because <laughs> I was like, I know how to build a, bu- a business doing music coaching. And then I was like, and I know I'm getting my clients results like in their lives through life coaching. But I was also like, but I don't really know how I'm doing it. Like I do see myself doing it, but I, I'm like, so yeah, it caused this weird confidence thing for me. And as I, and as I, as I've gotten, um, what are my words? They just left. Certified in uh, coaching the unconscious mind. I'm like, Oh, that's what's happening in my client's brains. When I was doing these things, this is why it worked. And so now with the set of tools that I have, they're literally like, this is the way human brains change. And this is how you do it intentionally. And so now I'm like, yeah, I can help anybody with almost anything. So there's just like a, a different confidence, um, as I'm going into now building a life coaching business with a different mindset, you know? And so, so yeah, I have both going pretty strongly still.
2: Wow. You know, I'm wondering. I imagine when you this this is a remarkable story, by the way. But when it sounds like it came to you accidentally from teaching music, right? And 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 trying to hit something that's really practical, like hitting a note or something like that, and, and that led to something that that you were able to uncover that was deeper. What what exactly were you doing to to uncover that? Like, was there certain questions that you were asking, or you know what?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was definitely certain questions. It was also a lot of listening, right? Yeah. So um, giving people the technical tools that I had for singing, right? Like, you got to do this with your soft palate or put the sound in a different place in your head. These are all technical singing things. Yeah. And as I would watch people trying and then backing away from something I was asking them to do,
2: yeah,
0: I, I could see there's like a fear happening or a, a confidence happening like, oh, I just hit that note. And so like literally some of my clients would like hit a note and they'd be like, well, I can't hit that note. (laughs) And so I'm like, but you just like did it. You actually did it. So talk to me about what's going on in your brain that you're hitting a note, but then telling me you can't do it because you actually just did it. And so just then listening to what Mm -hmm. they're saying, you know, I'm like, oh, someone told you you were an alto. So you think that you can't sing high. You know, like, F the labels. You can sing whatever you want to sing. Who cares if somebody said you have a low voice? Like, our voices are essentially limitless to an extent, obviously. But, you know, just hearing things that people said, well, I'm not allowed to do that because I'm this kind of person or I'm this kind of singer. And me being essentially a professional singer going, well, I have all the same limitations as you. I just know how to overcome them. And of course, as a songwriter, you know, who wants to be Taylor Swift, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm constantly comparing myself to everyone else for 20 years going, why don't I write like them? Why don't I sound like them? Why don't I, you know? And for me, I have a personal relationship with God. I feel like, and so I would talk to God about it. I'd be like, well, why, why didn't you give me her voice or why blah, 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 blah. And I just remember so clearly one time feeling this impressed on my heart. Like, Your voice is meant to reach someone that that person's voice isn't going to. And vice versa. So, like, it's not about you writing being a different person or being a different voice or being a different writer. Like, your voice is meant for specific people. So, show up in your voice with your writing and trust that it's enough. And so, I have no idea why I said that. I think I got off of your question, but.
2: (laughs) No, no, that's great. That's great. So, so you got, you'd, you'd ask these people essentially to elaborate on what was going through their heads, right? And that would help clarify a few things, I imagine, at that point.
0: Yeah. So like, you what, know? You know, what makes you say that you can't do it? And then yeah. they would tell me like, well, so-and-so said that this or so-and-so yeah. said that. And I would be able to like bring a different perspective, right? Like, well, looking back now from where you are now, what do you think about that? Do you think that's actually true about you? Is that who you really are? Because so many of the stories that we take on are given to us by other people. Well-meaning or not well-meaning, right? And sometimes those stories get like piled on and caked on until we have those stories as our identities rather than like, well, who I am inside is like this wild person that loves shouting and singing on stage but I'm in this quiet shell because somebody once told me that I'm the quiet one instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, or I remember one, you know, one person said to me, like, everybody says I'm the quiet person in the group, but like, I don't feel that way inside. Like, so how do I show up as like the way I feel that I am inside? Right. And so, you know, it's digging into the stories that are happening in everybody's, In everyone's minds about who they are and how they show up. You know, and a lot of times it's based on what other people have said and just based on survival in a world that operates on approval, right? We all are trying to find, I speak for myself, but this is other people's experience as well that I've heard is like, we're all trying to survive and be safe by being right or by being approved of. I mean that's my experience as a woman in the larger culture and especially being in church culture for so long you know you your safety and your approval and your inclusion in the group is your ability to conform and to say the right things and believe the right things and to put on the right smile and so that's you know deeply ingrained in many of our psyches And so we operate from that completely. And there's a lot of work that I was doing as a coach with our conscious minds and just our thoughts. Like what if you could change your thought when you go into this situation and instead of feeling like the other person sets the tone, what would it be like if you thought about setting the tone and what could you do to take your power back and set the tone differently from the get go rather than responding to someone else's agenda or tone what's your agenda what's how do you want to show up so does that answer your question
2: yeah totally so so then how how did you become conscious about the subconscious there right like the unconscious at that point is it just repetitions of going through this with many people and then you're like I.
0: Well, so yeah, actually I'm a part of a I'm a part of a marketing program called joyful marketing. Um, Simone soul is the one that runs it and it's really this it's this way of thinking about marketing. That's like we're not selling widgets. So don't market like you're selling widgets. You don't have to market the way everybody has always told you you have to market. You can like tap into your intuition because you're building a life coaching business. You're not selling Pepsi. <laughs> and so um, I, I've been a part of this joyful marketing world for uh, over a year now and the real focus is like getting back in touch with who you really are and the way that feels right and congruent for you to do business, which involves resting, which involves playing, which involves getting back in touch with your spiritual side. And like it's a whole different, different way of thinking. And through this program, I was introduced to the coaching certification. Uh, The leader of the program Simone soul and um, Melissa tears. She's a hypnotist out of New York City They put together a certification of these tools that are kind of on the cutting edge of research about neuroscience And how as humans we change and so yeah, I've been I did their training January through March of this year and it's just it was three months of this is the structure of change. This is the way our brains change scientifically research. We know now this is how our brains change. This is the way you take someone through that process. And here's a ton of tools for kind of showing people how uh, malleable our brains are and how you can change your own brain. And so it's been fascinating. One of the things Melissa tears said was, you know, they say, the, the joke is real. The scientists get to the top of the mountain and the mystics are already there. So a hmm. lot of the stuff in that I've learned is stuff that, you know, spiritual and mystics have kind of known for years. And now there's just scientific evidence and research that shows like, yeah, this is the way like our brains actually change. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Very interesting topic. Can you um, give us some examples of some of the tools or, or, or what, what you learned in this certification course?
0: Yeah so one of the main components is um, the, the idea of memory reconsolidation therapeutic memory reconsolidation. So what we've learned in the last you know couple decades is that they used to think that memory was like a photograph and in your mind there are photographs your memories are like photographs so you can pull them out and look at them and they're just this static photograph. But what we have learned is that memory is actually malleable. So every time you pull up a memory in your mind information from your environment now gets added to that memory and then stored again. And so essentially our memories are actually changing all the time. And so what I learned kind of to do through this course is help a client pull up a memory and then you know change the emotional track of that memory so that when there, when a trigger happens. So let's say for instance, you have anxiety in the social setting. What I would do with you is say, well, tell me the last time you were in a social setting and like, what did that feel like to you? And then we help you like dissociate from that negative feeling of being in a social setting because now we've pulled up the memory and it's malleable, right? And so, and then we talk about how do you want to feel instead? And we associate that new feeling of how you want to feel instead with the original trigger of the social setting. So this is how our brains change on a synaptic level. And yeah, so that's the work that I get to do with my that's, clients. And it's, that's
1: really cool. So tactically, let's you know, you're pulling up the memory. And then are you doing like a visualization, like, you know, asking the, the client to close their eyes and visualize some different scenario or what tactically, what does that look like?
0: For sure. You know, like it can be, it can be anything, right? Any resource state that's not the negative one is great. So like if I fall off my chair and they start laughing, that's one of the examples our instructor gave. She's like, I fell off my chair and my client started laughing. So I was like, okay, now think about the memory. <laughs> right. Okay. But like essentially I'm helping people to like, get into the state that they want to be. So if they say, well, I want to feel confident and like it's no big deal. Then we start to talk about, well, what's it like when you feel confident, how you know, and like when you're confident and you're, how does your body move? What are you feeling? And as, as they're like, this is, you know, yeah, it's like easy. And I'm just laughing and talking to people. And then, and then we go right back to the trigger. Okay. Well, if you're laughing and you're talking to people and you're confident, yeah, go picture this again. And now how does it feel? And um, basically what's happening in your brain is that you're just lighting up different neural networks and reassociating them and like kind of wiring them, wiring them together. Um, And so, yeah, it's super nerdy sciencey stuff. And I don't necessarily know the technical terms, but I know it works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're both nerds here. So you're good. This is interesting. So I mean, I'm guessing like, even on the music coaching side of things, I mean, you're probably using a lot of these tactics with your voice clients as well, I imagine, right?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, definitely use a lot of some of the tools that I've learned to help people clear blocks in their voice. They're like, yeah, it just feels like there's a block in my throat when I sing. And so I'm able to go, okay, well let's, let's, let's work with that. Right. Let's see what that feels like and see what would have to happen to it for that block to change. And, It's just wild because it's all imagination and it's all your unconscious mind just bringing up, you know, images. And when you apply them, it changes things. It's just, it's wild. So like people that felt like they couldn't hit specific notes when we cleared these blocks using this neuroscience, all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, my voice is free. That, that doesn't even exist anymore. That physical feeling doesn't exist anymore. And you know, and you know helping people get ready for auditions and helping different you know different um, I totally lost my train of thought but like getting ready for auditions or or regaining confidence to get back on stage or you know um, in some of my sessions I worked with someone to help them th- this lifelong crippling anxiety that they had had. Around showing up and speaking in more groups of more than three or having social anxiety at large events in four sessions, they have a totally different experience of their social anxiety. It's like down to almost none. And so that's what's so exciting to me is that, like, sometimes people want to go slower and they have incremental change, which incremental change is hugely powerful. Um, And sometimes people are like 30 minutes and I feel completely different. And so it's just really exciting. And I think why it's exciting, too, is not just that they get the change, but as I'm working with them, I'm able to explain what I'm doing. And so they can take what we learn, even if they do one session with me, they can take what I've given them because it's the technical term is self-directed neuroplasticity, but they like know how to like shape their own brain. In in more than just okay. I have to make sure I think the right thought this time right which there is value to that as well But this just kind of even cuts below that and goes into like a neural level so yeah, it's cool. It's so fun
1: So how much of your your music coaching um Let's call it your sessions. Like, it is would you say a larger percentage of it is based around mindset and just building confidence versus like tactically how I hit this note?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it really, because I am music coaching, people want to know how to do the technical things. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I have always, from the beginning, before I even knew about, you know, coaching the unconscious mind. I have always from the beginning said I call myself a music coach because I'm not teaching music. I'm developing the whole person and so it, mm-hmm. it really varies be um, It varies because some of my students are like 11, right? And so I'm like this is how you play the note better and hey look don't be so hard on yourself It's okay making music is is all about failing. You got to make the mistakes to get to the good stuff, right? So even with the 11 year olds, I'm helping to unwind some of the perfectionism that's already started to set in and the fear of making mistakes and the right. So I'm trying to help them see, Hey, failure's a good thing. This is how we learn. This is how we learn music. This is how we become good at music all the way up to, you know, the teenagers that are in settings where they're performing for their peers, which is insanely, intimidating when you're a teenager and helping them to view themselves differently and view the way they show up differently. Again, that perfectionism right is right there. Like if I mess up, people are going to judge me and helping them to have a shift and say, what if you showing up imperfectly is exactly what people need because everybody in that audience is trying to be perfect too and trying not to get judged too. So what if you can show up imperfectly and they can be like, Oh, I'm okay. If they're on stage and they're showing up and they make a mistake on a note, I'm okay too. I don't have to be perfect either. So, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of like, I, I really, I'm passionate about coaching the whole person. Like, yeah. as much as I love my students and I am a nerd about vocals and about music and I love passing on that knowledge. To me, the real thing is, is people and helping them, mm-hmm. helping them live more, you know, more with more freedom, with more ability to just show up how you are. So, and Love it was that. myself getting really passionate and I could just go on and on. So,
1: <laughs> well, we, we don't want to stop you from going on and on, but real quick, are you doing virtual coaching or is these in-person or both or how does it work?
0: Yeah, so a lot of my music stuff right now is in person. Um, I have a you know a lot of students in my community, and then my life coaching is virtual, completely virtual right now. I'm based in Ohio, and I think my clients are in like Germany and Hawaii and the UK. So, yeah, yeah.
2: So, so uh, are you seeing now? I imagine with the life coaching, you're starting to see more and more clients who are non music related, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So
2: are you seeing any differences? I mean, it's easy. To, you, you've obviously figured out how to apply it towards musicians. Uh, are you seeing any big differences with, with uh, the coaching you have to do for somebody who is, is an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur or or, or whatever it is in life, right. Uh, versus, versus that, or is it pretty much the same kind of thing?
0: You know what, if I was doing something other than music coaching, I feel like I might see some differences, But the way you have to like create nervous system safety for yourself as a musician is identical to entrepreneurship, right? Because entrepreneurship and being a musician, it's all about showing up imperfectly until you succeed. When you are trying to get to your best as a performer, as a songwriter, as a whatever it is, you're gonna fail and you're going to fail and you're going to fail and you're going to get criticism and try to get better and you're going to get criticism and you're going to try to get better. And when you're an entrepreneur, you are dealing with all the same confidence issues. Like, can I really put out this social media post if it's not perfect? Well, you better, or you're not going to learn until you succeed. Right. And so these things are really, really the same. (laughs) Yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's I think that's what that's why there's to me like no downside to like continuing to be a music coach, too, because I'm right. ending up in the same place with everyone. Right. We're right. ending up at what's what is amputating my confidence and how do I let my confidence grow again and blossom? And how do I quickly hack my anxiety and regulate my nervous system so I can keep showing up to my life? to my music, to my business.
1: Do you think an increased confidence is the main focus or the, the main um, thing that people are lacking maybe, or that you're helping them uncover with your coaching?
0: I think confidence is the way that we communicate it, right? We say that I don't feel like I have the confidence Um, but I think what's underneath a lot of that is this kind of belief that the way I am and the way that I want to show up isn't enough because everybody else has told me whether as a musician or as an entrepreneur that this is how you do it. And if you're not doing it this way or if it doesn't feel like this way is natural or works for you, there's something wrong with you. And so what I have found is when you dive underneath that, I need to have more confidence. There's often, and this has been true for me so much. So there's often this like, well, I feel like if I just did this, then I would eventually be successful. But then we don't trust ourselves because everybody else who's gone before us has said, well, you know, you have to do it this way, or you have to do it this way or you have to level up faster or, and so I feel like I'm in the game of being like, no, I'm helping you connect to the wisdom that's already inside of you. You were like, you know, since I still believe in God, you were like created and designed exactly as you're supposed to be. And the, the things that are in your heart and your instincts, you can trust them. And you know, I mean, I'm a life coach, I'm building a life coaching business and I'm helping people with things that are more creative. Right. And so it's like, you don't have to listen to the marketing people that said the thing or the blank that said the thing because it's, there is no, there's no objective truth in some of these ways, right? Like there is no way that you're supposed to sound as a singer. I don't want to make you sound like so-and-so. I want to make you sound like you, your voice and your heart and who you are is the gift to the world. It's not something you produce. It's not, it's you right so that confidence is the symptom of not understanding that we are the potent thing just our existence is the powerful thing the way that we are shaped and designed is the powerful thing and yeah. anything we produce on top of that is a cherry on top but anyways again i'm getting really excited
1: yeah <laughs> That's good that's good and I, I heard somebody say this and i'm probably going to bur- butcher it but you know, going back to just being your true self, I mean, it, it, uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, when you when you're your true authentic self, you really don't have any competition because you're the only one that's you. Mm. And just framing it like that. So many people want to compete like, oh, Jenny wants to be Taylor Swift. Well, damn it. I'm not exactly Taylor Swift. Well, no kidding. But you <laughs> can be the a, a better version of Jenny or the best version of Jenny you can be you know and I think I think people get lost in trying to compare themselves to other people and especially actually I'd love to get your thoughts on this I think it's especially true for introverts you know because we see so many people in social media and like they're all extroverts right and and so extroverts are like well this is how I did it and this is how I did it and everyone's like oh man well I got to be out there making videos every day I guess and it's like well no you don't have to do that just because those 10 people that happen to be doing that are doing that doesn't mean that you have to do that Do you feel like there's any truth to that like with introvert, extrovert type of thing?
0: Well, 100%, right? Like, I think I actually, I was on a call with somebody and we were talking about like introversion versus extroversion and like feeling like we had to compensate for the fact that when we wanna walk into a room, we just wanna observe and be quiet, right? And I think the words that came out of my mouth, which I I thought were brilliant, so I'm like, oh, something channeled through me at that moment because like, that was brilliant. But the words that came out of my mouth were like, what if our quietness is a gift to a world that is racing so fast that they can't even hear their own thoughts? Right. Mm. And so like one of the concepts I've really been leaning into and been introduced to in the marketing program that I'm in, Joyful Marketing, is this idea that like your energy in how you show up is going to be more potent and more powerful even than the words that you say. So to your point, Adam, if you're like showing up in a way that isn't congruent with who you are, that's going to come through. Even if you're making 10 videos a week and putting on this face that you think you're supposed to put on your energy, that incongruent energy is going to show up. So I feel like you're totally right. It's like, whatever you do, let it be the energy be congruent. So if you feel like your thing is, I post a picture of a plant and I post a poem that I wrote and I say, PS, this is my business and I'd love you to hop on board. That's going to be more powerful, you know, screw the algorithm because it's about energy. And that's like what I'm leaning into and trust falling into myself right now. I'm like, how do I show up in a congruent energy and not watch my stats? and trust that when I show up as me, congruently, that that's going to magnetically attract other people that need back to the point of what I heard when I was, you know, a tormented songwriter, I'm still a tormented songwriter, let's be honest. (laughs) But you know, your voice is meant for somebody. And when you speak with your voice, they will hear you, they will find you. So
2: I would guess that you wouldn't be an effective songwriter if you weren't tormented, right? You're going to have to... <laughs> but yes, <I'm> <laughs> You know, Jenny, I got to... Um, I, I, I'm fascinated by this topic, but, but it, I also think, like, it, it seems very obvious when you know what you want to do, where you want to be, right? Like, when um, somebody comes to you for music coaching, it becomes obvious. They they know they want to be better at music. And so, you know, it, it, it's obvious what they have to work on from there. What about when we backing off of that, when we don't know, like during that time that you were temping and getting lost and not realizing what was up, how do you uncover that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're touching on a really big, a big, and this is just my opinion, but like <laughs> a big thing that a lot of us are stuck in, which is like, I've been doing the thing that I've been supposed to do for a long time. And I don't like know who I am. I remember when I first got out of ministry, which was intense all the time. And I finally was sitting at a desk in a temp office doing data entry, (laughs) listening to poetry and listening to different podcasts and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know who I am for so long. I have just been what everybody else needs me to be. Yeah. And like, what do I even like? Who do I, who am I even? I knew that I had this passion for music that was always there, but the rest of it, I was like, and of course the question I had asked myself over and over and over and over and over again for, I don't know, 34 years old is when I decided to make this shift, right? The question that I had asked myself my entire life is what should I do? And I remember, and this is just my experience, right? So people can take it or leave it. But like, I remember saying to myself, I'm not asking that question anymore. I'm asking myself, what do I want to do? Or what do I feel compelled by spirit to do? Right? And so, you know, and that's hard at first. You're like, I don't, how do I even figure out what I want? Like, I, I don't know. And you know, one of the questions that I've like adopted from different from my instructors and different people is like, if you had a magic wand right hmm. now, and you waved that magic wand, and you could have anything you wanted to eat. You know, I do this with with one of my you know one of my cousins who's like, whatever you want, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, no, if I had a magic wand and I could wave it right now, what would you want to eat right now? You know, and we're like, Korean yeah. fried chicken. Okay, let's fry up some chicken. Right, set off all the smoke alarms, whatever. But this is the thing right it's when it's it's starting to get back in touch with Who we actually are at our core instead of all the things that we're always doing because we're supposed to instead of asking should You start to ask a different question or you know And I, I don't know if it's just me as a woman and I feel like a lot of, fr- of My friends were all like at, that are women were like yeah, we are always asking what's the right thing to do What's the right thing to do? What's the right thing to do? And not that that's a bad question Um, especially for big situations, right? But like so much of life is not binary It's not right or wrong or yes or no So much of life is There's so much room to like Just try it and just find out and just You know, do what you want to do and find out if you like the results And that has been a hugely uncomfortable process for me to go through, but this ability and this willingness to hold uncertainty and to engage trial and error and to see things as you know, my, my first coach Aaron, he, he was like, view it as an experiment, view it as gathering data. Like you can do something that's not perfect. It's okay. And I love that language of like, this is an experiment. The more you mess up or the more you try things and gather information. Now you have information. So for people that are like, I don't know what I want. How do I even tell? Like, that's okay. You don't have to know before you take action. You can take action and find out what you want along the way. I mean, that's my story, right? I thought that I wanted to be Taylor Swift. (laughs) And I found out like, I adore you, Taylor. and I'm still coming to your show in June. And Songwriting is still an important part of who I am, but my biggest passion is like helping people become more fully embodied humans.
2: Hmm. It, it, it's funny that you said the uh, magic wand. I resonated with that so much. It, it, you know, my full-time life, uh, I'm a realtor, real estate broker, and we have a team. And part of what we do early on when we have a new agent, is is teach everybody how to Poach people around the magic wand question, you know, because so many people get stuck with real, you know, with a real estate decision and how to buy or sell or whatever, and they just so low. and it's just it goes back to asking if you could wave a magic wand, what would you do? And it it is such a clarifying question. It, it's it? just amazing. It is yeah. it it really goes so far. Um, so yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Jenny, we're getting to that point uh, in the show where we'd like to ask the wayfinder for. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. Uh, uh, what is a hack that you have?
0: Yes, I love this question. Um, this is my favorite hack to give people for anxiety because it, it will instantly knock your anxiety down to a point that you can like get curious about it and potentially make a different decision. So basically what you can do is you can hold something in your hand and I'll describe this really clearly um, so if you're just listening you'll still be able to do this so hold something in your hand right in front of you kind of across the midline of your body and then you're gonna start passing that back and forth when that anxiety comes up you're gonna start passing that back and forth and just let your arms swing nice and wide and your hands are gonna meet in the middle and you're gonna pass that object back and forth And what you're going to notice is your anxiety is going to start to loosen just a little bit because what's happening here is that anxiety lives on one side of your brain and what this movement does, this is called bilateral stimulation, what this movement does is it activates and gets the blood flowing to both sides of your brain and my speech is slowing down right now because my nervous system is down regulating. (laughs) So even when you're not feeling anxiety, this is going to like ground your nervous system. So that's my favorite hack to tell people because it works probably within like 30 seconds. And so when you're having anxiety or even any emotion, that's like you feel like is negatively impacting you. This is just a physical thing that you can do that will really get your nervous system out of the threatened state a lot faster. And and it's just about, you know, now I have more options of how I want to react or respond. That's a great hack.
1: And just so the yeah. listener out there knows, the three of us, were all just doing that yeah. at, the, at the same time. We need to find a way to get this video out there. I'm sure yeah. it look, would look pretty funny. Uh, but from there, can you name a favorite? And I'll say, let's go someone other than Taylor Swift. a favorite it could be a band a book a podcast a movie anything that jenny just loves other than taylor
0: yes yes well we already know that right um i feel like i would be remiss if i didn't say ted lasso that is my probably all-time favorite tv show such a phenomenal ensemble cast so heartwarming so like just everything about it i'm just obsessed i've watched the whole thing Well, not the new season. I've only watched each of those episodes twice, but I watched everything else like three times. So Ted Lasso.
1: Ah, ah. I've actually never seen that show, but I've heard so many people say how great it is. So I guess I'll have to actually move it to the top of the list.
2: Right. I'm going to I hate to one up you, Adam, but I've heard the name and I didn't know it was actually a show. I'm like, why do I keep hearing about Ted Lasso? So now I know it's a show to look up. <laughs> so <laughs> it's oh cool. Gosh. But no, I'll have to check yeah. it out. I hear all yeah. this talk about it. I'm like, what, what is it? Okay, now I know what to, how to look for it. Yeah. For so that. Jenny, what is some advice you would give your 25-year-old self?
0: Yeah. Um, the, I think the thing that I would tell myself at that age is you can trust yourself. I think when I was 25, I still was in this, like, I'm afraid to do anything because I'm afraid it will be the wrong thing. And so just whispering in my own ear, you can trust yourself. You can trust your heart. Just do the thing. Let it be messy. You can trust yourself. I love that. Yeah.
1: So what holds people back from being happy?
0: Hmm. This is such a good question um i feel like i've said different things over the years but i think what's landing for me right now is almost the idea of happiness is what keeps people from actually being happy because mm-hmm. we have this idea that happiness is something you arrive at and that's just not a reality now you know i'm happier than i've ever been because i'm finally not suffocating my heart i'm finally freely pursuing my desires so i certainly think that's a part of it right the old disney cliche follow your heart is for sure important and life is a mess even when it's good every single day our nervous systems get triggered by a million things and like so if i was really gonna put a put a pin in it there's a huge reality that we just don't know how to regulate our nervous systems so often. And that really contributes to like, Oh, life is always going to feel this way or like this is so hard or right. And so what has radically changed my happiness in quotes, happiness over the last few months is this ability to regulate my emotions and my nervous system faster. And it helps me to see, Oh, like this too shall pass for the good things and this too shall pass for the bad things. And just the ability to weather these things with less. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: And getting through it quicker. Right. That just reminded me. So I have a, a guy I know a friend of mine who uh, him and I are both in the process of buying businesses right now and actually he just closed his and and my closing's coming up soon and we were just kind of texting the other day and I'm like, so how you doing how's how's the emotions he's like, I keep spinning out of control I'm worried I'm not gonna hit revenue numbers I'm worried this and that and I was like, okay, well then what happens he's like, well eventually I get back to the like, everything will work out. I was like, yeah, like, why don't we just go right there? Like, why don't, why don't you just catch yourself spinning and just stop doing that and realize you've already done this and just go right to the end where you realize, eh, I'll figure it out.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) And From a neurological standpoint, what you're saying is like, when you're in this like state of it's going to work out, it's going to be fine. Just keep going. Like that energy creates something different than the like, what's going to happen energy. And you know, I've been there and to go there still, like you're saying. But getting out of it faster is the great, great part. <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. Well, Jenny, um, this has been awesome. And so, you know, before we completely wrap up, if people want to get a hold of you or follow along, is there anywhere you can direct them to, whether they're music clients or life coaching clients, or they just just want more of you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my website is just jennybaird.com. It's just my name, J E N N Y B A I R D.com. And then on the social media, on mostly I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but Jenny Baird Music is kind of my handle on Instagram and Facebook. So, I'm all over the interwebs. Come find me.
1: All right. Well, again, I, I think everyone's going to get a lot out of this episode. It was awesome hearing your insights. And I feel like I, I'm taking away a lot from this conversation. So really appreciate you coming on and joining us today. Yeah.
0: yeah thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's Thank been fun. Thank you, Jenny. This was amazing. Thanks, Luis. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>
1: We hope you've enjoyed The Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.